This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Hi, my name is Mike G. I've come to this church in uh, 2013. I, I left home at 13 years old because I felt all the time that no matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. I was wide open to the secular world and all the, uh, the darkness in it started with alcohol as, as it moved on. I went to heroin, you know, in my 14th year. And I started going to these meetings and Jimmy Santoni ran it. You know, I still cursed. I still uh, tried to be a street guy, and uh, he just went, Psh! cut that all, and cut that all out, and, and he let me know about myself, you know. And there was times I wanted to put my arms around his throat, and but after a while, I got to really believe what he was saying, and I started going to these meetings. I got to start telling the truth about me, you know, who I really was. After a while, the masks that I wore, they started to shed, you know, from me. I was hanging around with men that were looking to, to do the same thing I was, follow Jesus Christ. I had to deal with a lot of things, you know, and uh, just by being involved with these groups, it just makes me feel because I'm feeling the Holy Spirit of the Lord inside of me. You know, where I don't have to hide. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter um, what they think. What matters is what, to me, what matters is what God thinks of me. For me to walk around and feel like somebody. Like I am somebody. But I'm just so thankful and grateful to this church. To everybody in this church. Because they show me love. They show me that they care about me. And that's all I ever wanted in my life, was to be loved. That's it. What I like to say about Jimmy Santoni and his wife, Laura, when I lost my wife in 2014 to cancer, they took me into their home. Nobody ever trusted me in their home, believe me. And uh, they were just so kind and so gracious. And. He came to the hospital, Smilo Cancer Hospital, every day after he got out of work. And he spent time with me. There are friends who are like brothers. And Jimmy, I feel closer to Jimmy than some of my own brothers, my real brothers. For those of you who knew Mike Giuliano, Mike went home to be with Jesus earlier this week. For those of you who didn't know Mike, when you get to heaven, you're going to get to know Mike. We are going to have Mike's service next Saturday, September 16th, here at Faith Living Church at 11 a.m. So please, if you knew Mike or if you want to celebrate his life along with us, come on out. In Psalm 116, verse 15, Scripture says, 
Precious is in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The Hebrew word for precious is the adjective yakar, which translated means valuable, splendid, and costly. You see, it's not only a time of great rejoicing when one of God's saints comes home to heaven. It is not only precious in the sense of being valuable and splendid to God, but it is also costly. Mike's great getting up morning, as we say, costs the kingdom of God, one of its saints here on earth. When a believer goes home to glory, that void transfers from heaven to earth. We sorrow as heaven gains because that loved one leaves a hole that no one else will ever fill. Mike Giuliano is in heaven now because he experienced the love and acceptance of God from God himself and from the family of God. The video that we just showed was actually a thank you video that we put together about four years ago for Jimmy Santoni as he was stepping down as the leader of our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Jimmy loved Mike. Jimmy loved Mike with the love of God, and Jimmy loved Mike with the love of a brother. Mike reflected that love back to others by serving God. He loved God, and he loved people. Now, I don't mean to sugarcoat anything with Mike. He shared a little bit of his testimony in the video. He missed the mark. He fell short. He stumbled. His addiction cost him in his physical body and his physical health. It shortened his time here on earth. He struggled in relationships with his family and friends, trying to rebuild what he had broken. He struggled with his honor and integrity. In the video, he said that people didn't even trust them in their homes. But once he surrendered to God, a broken foundation began to be rebuilt, brick by brick. And the Mike Giuliano that loved everyone at Faith Living Church was indeed loved by his brothers and sisters at Faith Living Church as well. We will see you again, Mikey G. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter, Peter says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Have you been rescued out of darkness and brought into his marvelous light? My name is Sue Bradley. I forgot to say that last night. Pastor Ron and Susan are away this week. And uh, so here I am sharing a message of good news. And today, last night I forgot to say that. And um, I feel like either everybody knows me or nobody knows me. And sometimes, sometimes it can go either way with how I feel about that. <laughs> but today I want to talk about a life well lived. Albert Einstein said, only a life lived in the service of others is worth living. Once Mike G. came to know and grow in Christ, he had a heart to serve. He served in a lot of different capacities here at Faith Living Church and outside the walls of Faith Living Church as well. 
Mike served with Jimmy and his wife, Laura, and a group of volunteers at a mission called Narrowgate Ministries, giving out free hot food to Meriden residents on Saturday afternoons. Anyone in need could come down and get a hot meal and be ministered to. It accompanied a gospel message, and it often included Laura's home cooking. And if you've ever had Laura Santoni's home cooking, you know what I'm talking about. They also reached out to the community in other ways. They would have clothing drives. Every fall, they would give away backpacks to kids who needed a backpack and were returning to school. And they would provide godly counsel and prayer to the people that they got to interact with. Jimmy, Laura, Mike, John Summers, Laura's daughters, Laura's grandkids, their grandkids, hosts of other volunteers that I can't even mention. I'm not even sure how many people it took to pull this off every week. But every week they were there. Faith Living Church supported this ministry. So if you are a giver at Faith Living Church, you supported this ministry. And we will never know the ripple effect that that ministry has had on people until we ourselves get to heaven. Mike also served as an usher here at Faith Living Church. And Mike was very heavily involved in our recovery ministry. He was a sponsor, he was a speaker, he was a teacher, he was an accountability partner, a coffee maker, a garbage taker-outer, whatever needed to be done, Mike did it to the best of his ability because he loved God and he loved people. In Galatians chapter 5, starting in 13, verse 13, it says, For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. For the whole law concerning human relationship is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. In 1 Peter 4.10, in the Amplified Version, it says, Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another, as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Did you know that our gracious God has given each of us a special gift, a spiritual talent? And guess what? Many of us have more than one. How about that? Can you believe it? God gave it to us. When God created you, he knew exactly what you were going to be. He knew exactly how he was going to pour into you and how you were going to be a world changer. To love and serve God and to love and serve each other. That is why we have been given these special gifts. Shortly after I was saved, the pastor's son, who also happened to be the church's worship leader, not here at the church I got saved at, he came up to me one day and he said, I hear you play guitar. And he said it really excitedly, just like that. I looked him square in the eye. He said, somebody told me that you play guitar. I looked him square in the eye and I said, well, they're lying. 
In all honesty, I had taken one year of guitar lessons when I was 13. And I could play about maybe two and a half, maybe three guitar chords. So he took me through the parable of the talents and basically said, if you are not using your talent, no matter how big or small it is, you are not living your full potential for God. So the next weekend, there I was on the church worship team playing my two and a half guitar chords for God's glory. And I can tell you that all these years later, whatever my musical abilities may be, they are 10 million percent better because I want to use them for God. A number of years ago, Faith Living Church had a worship seminar, so everyone on the church's worship teams was invited to this one-day seminar um, that was put on by somebody somewhere. I I don't remember much of it. It was a number of years ago, but I do remember one story. One story sticks out, and as far as I'm concerned, that in itself was worth the price of admission. A worship leader named Israel Houghton was sharing his own story of uh, serving God and working in his church. He had gotten his first position in ministry where he was being paid. He was working at his local church, and he probably wore a lot of different hats because he said it was a pretty small church. So one day as he was driving to church, getting ready to go serve God and serve people and do whatever his spiritual gifting was that day, one of his buddies called him and said, hey, I got courtside seats to the Chicago Bulls playoff game, I think it was. You want to go? And Israel Houghton said, I told my friend, I can't go. I have to go serve at my church. And immediately, the Holy Spirit hit Israel Houghton right in the fields, right in the heart, and said, you don't have to. You get to. And that transformed his thought process. That transformed the way he saw ministry. And if you have ever trained under me, if I've ever given you any kind of ministry training, it has included, you don't have to, you get to. Say it. I get to. I get to. to. Did you know that when chickens lay their eggs... They sing a song of accomplishment. They announce the fact that they have just produced what they were supposed to produce. God gave chickens a song. How much more has he given us a song and given us a gift to proclaim his glory with? If we look at the world, we can see people who are using their spiritual gifts for God. And we can also see people who are using their spiritual gifts for themselves. Now, God isn't saying if you have that special gift or skill that he gave you, that you shouldn't be able to make a living with it. You shouldn't be able to provide yourself an income and take care of you and your family. You can be great at your job, whatever it is that you're doing. You can be a godly insurance salesman. You can be a godly dishwasher. You can be a godly carpenter or a godly rug shampoo or a godly chef. Within that, however, there is a calling. And God is calling us to take that gift one step further to serve him, and to serve others. In Romans 11.29, the Apostle Paul says, For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable, for he does not withdraw what he was given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace to, or to whom he sends his call. 
So God gives you gifts, callings, and talents to use to glorify him, and they are irrevocable. That's what scripture says. I didn't say it. Did you know that? And he is calling us to use them. So another Sue Bradley or Mike Giuliano or John Summers or Bernie Michelson will get to know and fall in love with the same God who saved us. So my question is, are you living that life? In Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. I've been a member of Faith Living Church since 2000. I came on staff for the first time in 2001. I left Faith Living Church in 2002 when I moved to Idaho with my family for about five minutes. And then when I came back, I came right back on staff. I left the staff again in 2006 in the midst of a really tough divorce. And I came on staff back again in 2010 as my last go around. And it has been my privilege to work in ministry, to serve the leaders, and the family of Faith Living Church. I wear a lot of different hats, and I'm not going to lie, some definitely fit better than others. The only ministry area I don't believe I have ever served in here at Faith Living Church is the sound ministry. Denise Lewis, you're welcome. (laughs) I am not the kind of person who sits on the sidelines. I am an all-in player when it comes to serving. That's how God created me. As a matter of fact, when I first got saved, I didn't think I was good at anything. But helps is a ministry. So that's what I thought my biggest spiritual gift was. I can never thank God enough for saving me. The blessings that he has poured into my life can't be counted or measured. But it took me 28 years of mistakes to finally surrender to him. And the thing that started cracking the hard shell around my heart was the love and the kindness that God used his followers to show me. And out of gratitude, I hope that I can serve others and direct them back to God through serving. There's a French phrase that you may have heard before, and I'm going to attempt to pronounce it because I did take two years of French in high school. You ready? Raison d'être. Do you know what that means? Raison d'être. That means the most important reason or purpose for someone or something's existence. What is your raison d'être? Ask yourself. In Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. 
Let's face it. The Bible says that Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait till I had my act together to die in my place. I was, for all intents and purposes, his enemy when he died for my sins. And yet the scripture says that Christ brought me, Christ brought you into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand confidently and joyfully looking forward to sharing God's glory. And you know, I looked up the Greek word for that word glory that Romans says we get to share with God. The Greek word is doxa, and it means splendor, brightness of the moon, sun, and stars, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, grace, majesty of a thing belonging to God. Have you guys ever heard of the Aurora Borealis? Denise, you got those awesome pictures? So the Aurora Borealis is otherwise known as the Northern Lights, and they are between 60 and 75 degrees of latitude, covering northern points of Canada, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Alaska, Russia, and all of Iceland. If God can make that, and if we can glory at something like that, imagine the glory that this scripture says we get to share in with God. It is going to blow your mind. It is beyond the beauty of the aurora borealis. Uh, Last month, my family and I went on a vacation. We went to the upper peninsula of Michigan. And we were practically in Canada. So if you've ever been to Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you have got to go. It is beautiful. We were hoping that when we were there that we would be able to see the northern lights because catching the northern lights is on my bucket list, but we weren't, we weren't that fortunate. But anyways, that's on my bucket list. I would love to see the northern lights. In Daniel 12.3, Daniel writes, Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. That's the plan that God has for us as we love God and love people. I get to. You get to. Say it with me. I get to. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So says 1 Peter 4. We're going to read it again in 10 and 11 in the New Living Translation. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory, will bring doxa, will bring the beauty of the aurora borealis and more to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So if God has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, and he wants to use the gifts that he gave you to serve one another, to glorify him, what does that look like? It looks like you and me 
be in the hands and feet of Jesus. In our church, in our home, in our neighborhood, in our city, in our country, in our world. This past VBA, the theme was world changers. And we were encouraging kids to become a world changer for Jesus. But let me tell you something. God's not just looking to encourage a kid to be a world changer. God is encouraging every one of us to be world changers for him. Are you a world changer? Who, me? No, I just come every Sunday and I sit in my seat and I just listen and then I go home and I have a cup of coffee at some point. Yes, you. You are a world changer. God has created you to love him and to love people and however you do that, whether it is by speaking, whether it is by teaching, whether it is by serving a hot cup of coffee to somebody, whether it is by teaching in youth ministry, teaching in super church, helping teach in youth ministry and super church, buying somebody a cup of coffee and praying with them. You can always do something. You can always do something. God called us all to be world changers. Kindness and appreciation. If you can't, if you don't have a lot of money, if you're not sure what you're good at, show someone kindness. Show them appreciation. Right before VBA, I went to my doctor. We talked about getting me on a diet to lose weight. It's hard for me because I'm on a lot of medication. I have rheumatoid arthritis, and it's really hard to lose weight when you're on medication that makes you gain weight. So I went to my doctor. We came up with a plan. And I really got to credit VBA because the VBA diet usually helps you lose weight naturally because <laughs> it's about 100 hours of work a week and very little sleep. So I went to the doctor after about six weeks, and he said, you know what, you've lost 12 pounds. And I'm like, yay, 12 pounds. So I had my doctor's appointment. I was coming back to work. It was around lunchtime. I stopped. When I'm at work and I didn't bother packing my lunch, which was about 90% of the time, I stop at Wendy's and I get the apple pecan chicken salad. Highly recommend, delicious, and that is definitely helping me stay on track. So the day that the doctor gave me the good news, I stopped at Wendy's on my way back to work and I got the apple pecan chicken salad. And I was like, I am so thankful for this apple pecan chicken salad. I cannot even tell you. So when the lady handed me my food, and I handed her the money. I looked at her and I said, I've lost 12 pounds eating these salads. Thank you so much. This is great. And she looked at me like, <laughs> She was like, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I think her manager got it because she smiled and thanked me. But honestly, kindness doesn't cost a thing. And yes, they're just there doing their job. To them, it's nothing special. But do you know that a kind word to somebody at any point can turn their entire day around. Yeah. Kindness does not cost a thing. Start a trend of Dunkin' Donuts. If you've got the money, maybe, maybe you do have some money, and maybe you can pay for the person behind you. Because I have heard that when that happens, it's often a chain reaction. I've heard for Dunkin' Donuts having four hours of people paying for the person behind them. And it started with one person saying, I'd like to pay for the person behind me. Last Saturday, I came to church. Uh, I lead a few ministries here at Faith Living Church, and one of them is the greeters. Where are my greeters at? Woo! All right, great. Maybe some of them are coming to the 11. <laughs> so anyways, the greeters is one of the ministries that I serve in, that I lead. 
And I'm thankful. The greeters are great. I have a great group of men and women that are just happy to greet people and say hello and help them with anything they need. So last Saturday, I scheduled two women to serve in the greeters' ministry, and I came to service last Saturday. And my two greeters weren't at the door when I got here. Somebody else was at the door greeting me because my two volunteers pivoted because there was no coffee, and they served coffee instead of greeting because that's how people are. They weren't looking for accolades. They weren't looking for flowers. They weren't looking for any kind of, and I'm not going to mention who they are because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but they jumped in where they saw a need, and they met that need, and that's what serving is all about. I get to. You get to. Say, I get to. I get to. In Mark chapter 12, starting verse 28, this is when Jesus is teaching to people, the Pharisees are arguing, the religious leaders are trying to trap him in his own words, they're trying to find a way to put him down, to ruin his reputation. Then one of the scribes, an expert in Mosaic law, came up and listened to them arguing with one another and noticing that Jesus answered them well asked him, which commandment is first and most important of all? Jesus' reply, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, life, and with all your mind, thought, and understanding, and with all your strength. This is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, I want to give an example of something. We have handouts here at Faith Living Church. A lot of times, you guys know, before you go home, Pastor Ron says, take one of these as an object lesson. So today, I'm going to turn that object lesson a little around, and I'm going to tell you, at the end of service, I have something for you to take, as many as we have, and give them out here before you leave. I don't mind if you take one or two home. That's okay, too. But for the purpose of this, this is for... You to give out. Not for me to give out, not for the usher to give out, they're for you to give out. And I'll explain why in a minute. This is a thank you sticker. Okay? Let me demonstrate. Loving and serving God is a privilege. Loving and serving God is awesome. So I'm going to challenge you at the end of service... When you come, come up here and grab some stickers because there are men and women in this church who serve the family of God. And I want you to take some stickers and I want you to thank them for serving the family of God. People come here and because of what God has done in their lives, They want to give back. And we get to give back. And we want to thank people for what they're doing, giving of their time, of their energy, of their resources, as volunteers, not as paid staff, not as... The benefit is not money. The benefit is knowing... 
that I love God and I love people and I want to serve God. So please, after the service, grab some. Thank someone who's serving. Thank someone who's making a difference in your life. Thank someone who's making a difference here at Faith Living Church. I'd like to give an example of someone who used their gifts and talents for selfish gain and then for eternal gain. Beginning in Acts chapter 9, Scripture says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. Now, the way was a way to describe the first century church, followers of Christ after Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. The first century church thrived despite, not because of. There were a lot of people coming against them. This guy Saul clearly was one of them. Saul was a learned scholar. He learned under some of the theologians of the time in Jewish law. He was an educated man. He was a leader. He was influential. He was aggressive. He was focused on his mission. He was just focused on the wrong mission. He asked the leaders of the synagogues in Damascus for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up. And go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias! Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard so many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, 
The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. And immediately, he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. Saul had a miraculous conversion. God got a hold of him. And Saul, the man who had the spiritual gifts of leadership, the spiritual gift of teaching, the spiritual gift of evangelism, the spiritual gift of discipleship, and more, became the great, first and greatest missionary of all time. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This person who formerly murdered Christians became a servant of all. God used the gifts that he poured into Saul. He got Saul on the right track. Saul surrendered his life to God, and he was most useful in ministry. I want to read one more passage of scripture, and it is from the Apostle Paul, formerly Saul, starting in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Paul writes, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this, because he considered me faithful and trustworthy, putting me into service. For this ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer of our Lord and a persecutor of his church and shameful and outrageous and violent aggressor towards believers, yet I was shown mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord, his amazing, unmerited favor and blessing flowed out in superabundance for me together with the faith and love which are realized in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying, statement, deserving full acceptance and approval that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I was the foremost. Another translation says, among whom I was chief. So Paul is basically saying, if there was a king of sinners, I would have worn the crown. That's how much I see my former self and how shameful of a person I was. But God came along, changed my life, and now I get to. Say, I get to. I get to. Yet for this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example or pattern for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king of the ages, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.
Those are pretty heavy words from a guy who we all look at as an example, who didn't see himself as any more than someone who formerly was a sinner and a blasphemer, the chief of sinners, the the foremost of sinners, the king of sin. But God came along, and because Paul surrendered, he was useful for ministry. Useful. I want to encourage you to do something. It's not a homework assignment or anything, but this is something that I did one time, and I still do it now and then. Now, Paul's written three, two-thirds of the uh, New Testament. So many of Paul's books start with the book of Romans and end somewhere before Peter. And I want to encourage you and challenge you Every book that Paul authored, where it starts off in the beginning of that book, that Paul is writing it, he he usually identifies himself in the first couple of lines of that book. Read the beginnings of the books that Paul has written. Many of them were written to churches. Some were written to pastors. Some were written to leaders. Some were written to friends to, to help people get over their transgressions with somebody else. And in each one, he identifies himself in some way as either a slave to Christ, an apostle of the Lord Jesus. He is very humble when he talks about who he is because he remembers who he was. And the power is not in Paul. The power is in God. God transforms lives. We don't transform lives. But we are that picket post along the way that encourages someone with a kind word, that tells someone they're thinking of them, that calls somebody or stops by somebody's house just for the privilege of praying with them, that reaches out. One of the things in ministry that I have Learned, especially in recovery, serving in recovery ministry. I served in the recovery ministry alongside Mike. People in recovery are different. Because when you are going through something traumatic, it is like you are a car accident on the side of the road. And when you're a car accident on the side of the road, a lot of people drive by you. And they look, and they say, I hope someone stops to help that person, and they keep driving. But people in the recovery realm and people who aren't scared to get outside their comfort zone, they're the ones that stop. And they're the ones that say, how can I help you? And God wants us to help however we can. And God has gifted you to help in some way. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do something that God didn't gift you to do. If you don't know what you're gifted at, please, I'd love to have a conversation with you. If you're not sure what your spiritual gifts are, I think we have a spiritual gifts questionnaire on our website, faithlivingchurch.com. If you can't go through all that, I love talking to people about their spiritual gifts. It's one of my passions. Sometimes you can look at somebody and you know what their gifting is. It's in what they're already doing. It's in what they already do in the realm of the world that they live in. But we would love to have more volunteers. There is a nice display outside that Cheryl Stolfi made with her husband, and it says, say yes. And I can promise you, we need more volunteers here at Faith Living Church. We really do. 
And I'm not telling you what you need to do, but I'm encouraging you to use the gifts that God poured into you before you were even born. The gifts that God knows that you have to love him and to love the people that he's trying to reach through you. And yes, you can do it if you're pushing a broom. Yes, you can do it if you're greeting someone. Yes, you can do it if you're serving coffee or if you're serving hot apple cider at Christmas in the village. You can do it. You're going to make a difference no matter what you do. Amen? Amen. We get to. I get to. I get to. Amen. All right. So to wrap things up, I believe that Mike was gracious and, and humble, and he wasn't perfect, but he knew that he was where God wanted him to be. God called him out of that darkness. God brought him into that marvelous light. And I want this exercise to be something that I believe Mike would have done if he had the chance. So I'm going to say, do it for Mike. Don't do it for me. I I could take the stickers home. It don't matter. Do it for somebody else. Step outside your comfort zone and thank somebody that you see serving or somebody that you know has served here at Faith Living Church. And just, it's going to make their day. And it don't cost a thing. We're going to provide all of the resources right here. Now, maybe you're here today. And you didn't, you know, didn't come here thinking that you were going to hear this. And, hey, that's all right. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you've been away from church and you're just getting back for the first time. That's fine, too. I can promise you the Holy Spirit's been drawing you. The Bible says that God pursues you, that his love follows after you. God's Holy Spirit is calling you. I don't know what he's calling you to. That's between you and God. But I pray that this message has somehow touched you and ministered to you and maybe challenged you. And I want to pray for you. And I just want to encourage you to continue to seek God in everything that you do. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is here within the sound of my voice, whether they are here in person, where they're watching online, whether they're watching on Facebook, whatever, whatever they're doing, Lord, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for everyone who's hearing your message, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for the men and the women who serve you and have served you and have poured out their own life as a sacrifice to you, Lord. And Lord, I just ask for anyone that is here and isn't sure what direction they're supposed to go in, Lord, meet them where they're at. Meet us where we're at. Remind us that you are here Speak to us in a way that we know is 100% from you, Lord. I pray for your blessings on everyone here, and I pray that you would draw us all closer to you and be with us throughout our week. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have never accepted Christ into your heart, I want to take an opportunity to pray with you. If you have accepted Christ at some point, but you've drifted away, kind of done your own thing, I want to pray with you too. And if you are a believer, I'd like you to join me in reaffirming your faith in the one true God. I'm going to say some some, uh, prayers, and I just want you to follow along with me if you can repeat after me. I'm going to pray a simple prayer like the one I prayed when I accepted Christ. Dear God, I believe in you. 
Thank you for sending your son. I believe that Jesus died on a cross. Died in my place. Took the burden of my sins. And removed them from me. And put them on himself. Because of your great love. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe that he has given me the same resurrection power. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Lord, be my leader. In Jesus' name, amen.